I broke everything. I'm a vampire. Kill me. Kill me. I was a little drunk. Plus, I was horny. Am I getting through to you? Over! How's it going? Ah, just kidding. Uh, this is uh, my voicemail. I couldn't come to the phone. Uh, you know, leave a message or something. Bye. Hello? Cassie? Fuck. Voicemail. Cassie, answer your fucking phone. This is serious. Shit. Shit has hit the fan, Cassie. I'm in too deep. Okay. If this is my last recording, I want you to put this out. The people need to know. And also... If I never see my family again, I want you to tell them... That I was a good podcaster. I am now talking to both you, Cassidy, and the audience. Good evening, listeners, and welcome to Vampire's Piss, the number one podcast on the 1988 horror comedy Nicolas Cage classic, Vampire's Kiss. We are the number one podcast on that in the universe. Hopefully this is not my last recording with the podcast, but things are uncertain right now. I am in too deep. Now, if there's one thing that this podcast cares about, it is the truth. And we are willing to go to any means to find that truth. Now, it has been undeniable, the connections between our beloved Vampire's Kiss and the not quite as good, but still very classic American Psycho. It has been undeniable, all these connections that we've been seeing. And it's been going on since the beginning, you know. So... I just had to look for answers. So I went through it. I emailed Christian Bale. I emailed Mary Heron, the director of American Psycho. I emailed even Brett Easton Ellis and his people, but to no avail. None of them were answering. And to be frank with you, their silence was deafening. And it got me thinking, what are they so afraid to be talking about, you know? So 
I went in even deeper. I was searching forums. I was searching the Wayback Machine, Google, the dark web. Don't tell anyone. But what I did find was a now-deleted YouTube video with an interview with Christian Bale in 2001, in which he hinted uh, towards a very useful resource that Bradley Snell's himself gave him to research his character. Now, less privy viewers, probably most of the people who watched that interview at the time that it came out, this was an old VHS rip uploaded to YouTube in like, say, 2007, 2008. It's gone now. You can't find it. Uh, trust me. But most people, when hearing Christian Bale hinting at that, they would not immediately think, obviously, this is the master doc connecting Vampire's Kiss and American Psycho. However, I am not one of those people. I'm more privy than that. So I knew what I had to do. I knew that I had to go to my best resource for research that was at my disposal, and that was the New York Public Library. Now, a lot of people don't know this, but in the basement of the New York Public Library is the Manuscripts and Archives Division. Now, I learned about this during one of my classes in college, who will not be named, but I was learning, me and our friend Troy were taking this class for, uh, what was it, for Shakespeare, and our professor was talking about how he was looking at, like, some original manuscripts from... I think it was like actors who were compiling like all of Shakespeare's old scripts together and he was able to see some really old ass stuff like I assume through glass display cases I'm not sure if he was able to touch them but I knew that such a resource was invaluable and that it was the key for me to find what I needed to find to make this connection finally official, to find like actual concrete evidence that Vampire's Kiss and American Psycho are not one and the same, but are distant cousins at the very least, who are separated from a young age, but undeniably had a profound impact on one another. Well, Vampire's Kiss on American Psycho, uh, Vampire's Kiss was already made, so there was really no influence there, but you get my point, I digress. So, I went researching in the catacombs of the Manuscripts and Archives Division of the New York Public Library. Now, there's a lot of stuff, census stuff, like arts and cultures, politics, but I figured with this research, surely they have to have something on Vampire's Kiss. There's just no reason why they wouldn't. Despite the person at the front desk, when I asked them, they, to be frank, condescendingly chuckled at me a little bit, but... If I've learned anything about life is that you need to take it into your own hands. You can't rely on unhelpful people like that to get what you need to get. So I was looking for hours. I was not able to appear on the next episode of Vampire's Kiss with Cassidy's friend and guest, Graham, I believe his name is. I'm sorry, Graham. We may never meet anyway. But I feel a little familiar to you, I'll be honest for reasons that I'll explain later, but I was searching for hours and hours in the catacombs of the Manuscripts and Archives Division of the New York Public Library when I found a very queer artifact. In more ways than one queer, but we'll get to that in a future episode. But I found a small marble bust 
that looked like two different people split down the middle, and upon further examination, I realized that it was one half Peter Lowell and one half Patrick Bateman, a Peter Patrick bust, if you will. Now, I realized that something was up with this. However, this was at the daytime. There were still people working at the Manuscripts and Archives Division sector of the New York Public Library, so I knew that I could not do this now. I had to keep my head low, so I went into the gender-neutral bathroom of the Manuscripts and Archives Division of the New York Public Library, and I hid there for hours. I had my feet tucked up you know, on top of the, the stall, I was, I was in the stall, I was in the, on the toilet, you know, I wasn't doing anything, but not that that's any of your business, whether it was one or two, it's probably two, but I had my feet kicked up, you know, so that no one underneath could see, so that I was completely ghost, I stayed completely silent, listeners, sort of, mostly silent, I'll explain that later too, but I was near undetectable, and I was able to go back to that bust in the dark of night. It was, I have honestly no idea. Time, besides that it was dark, you know, time was not registering for me, but I pulled open the head of the bust, and what I found was a lever. And behind that lever, I pulled that lever, and what was revealed by that lever? But a button. And that button, what did that button reveal? but an underground staircase that when I descended upon it, it felt that it went down for at least a mile. It's hard to guesstimate when you're in complete darkness and near silence, but not complete silence. But what I found there shocked me, listeners, shocked me, Cassidy. You are going to be very interested in this because what I found was an entire room, not a large room, mind you, a small room, but filled to the brim with research for both Vampire's Kiss and American Psycho. And this research element that was given to Christian Bale, I believe I have found it, that was given to him by Brett Easton Ellis. And what is in that document, listeners, I will not reveal to you now, because this is very, this is very dangerous information. So much so that I have not shared it to anyone except my dear co-host Cassidy Easton, who I, Cassidy, I sent it to you. It's in your email. They'll probably be after you next. And you're probably wondering like, what do you, who, who will be after me? But uh, I'll get to that too. But I pocketed that document and I was scouring other things. So there was like various like, you know, just different resources, research elements, stuff that'd be helpful when writing, say a book or a screenplay. But there was a very, very strange, dusty cardboard box filled with quote-unquote recordings. Now, I wonder, I wondered what that could be, you know, audition tapes, uh, audio journals that either Nicolas Cage or Christian Bale may have done to research their characters is like, you know, a way of getting in their minds, but no, I opened it. And what was I to find but something labeled V.P.? I don't know if you could hear that plane, but you wonder, like, are those people on that plane out to get me, you know? It's a little paranoid, but 
it was labeled VP. So what could that be? You know, that surely that couldn't mean what I thought it meant. But it was. It was Vampire's Piss. That's right, Cassidy. And this was a dusty old box full of on-cassette tapes. Crazy on-cassette. Like, they were covered in cobwebs and dust. They were at least from the 90s, if not the 80s. How could they have possibly gotten tapes of this? I do not know. I think the surveillance state of our government goes, and of the Hollywood elites, goes a lot deeper than we thought. But what I found was all the current episodes of Vam not only Vampire's Piss, not only the current ones, but the one, Cassidy, that you recorded with your friend. And what I found there was honestly like as frightening as the rest of the things I was finding in the manuscript and archives division of the New York Public Library. Because Cassidy, from what's happened, you know, the last few hours, has been pretty crazy and it's made me wonder like what is the state of the podcast going to be without me and although i think cassidy is very capable i think you're very capable as a podcaster cassidy i couldn't do this without you but what i found in the future episode the one that has not been recorded at the time of me recording it as it will be recorded the day after if what cassidy told me is true and i'm leaving you this voicemail it's just unacceptable what you're saying in this fucking episode. I mean, and granted, these are old tapes. Like, perhaps they've been distorted by the test of time. But honestly, Cassidy, I think you just kind of screwed the pooch. I think you were just, you were a little fucked up. Like, you know, it's it's no surprise that, like, sometimes we're on mescaline during this. But you were clearly on some downers. Because would you listen to this? We've done very limited research. Can you believe very limited research? Cassidy, I am in the manuscripts and archives division of the catacombs of the New York Public Library. I am not taking this research thing lightly. I'm putting my life on the line for journalism, you know, artistic integrity. And like, I think it's crazy that you come to our podcast when I'm not even there the day after I potentially get murdered by the government for you to say that we do very limited research. Well, maybe you are doing that, Cassidy, but I am not. Let's continue listening, shall we? For trying to, like, get it through osmosis by just watching it 52 times. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's kind of our method of research. Your method. <laughs> um. Um, indeed. Now, if that wasn't terrible enough, sorry, Cassidy, but tough love. But if that wasn't terrible enough, you know, us, you dragging our name through the mud saying that we are clearly not trying or not doing research. I'm doing a lot of research, okay? I'm doing a lot. And, you know, I've been running away from the government, from the Hollywood elites, and, you know, I've part of me feeling that I'm going a little crazy, you know, and I, we've, we've been talking, but what Cassidy says next right here is just complete character assassination. I'm trying to remember what else we do on this show. Completely unprofessional, like not knowing what we're doing on this show, first of all, but I'm sorry, Cassie. I, I mean it, but I don't mean to hurt you. Uh, the past 
few episodes have been very insane. Me and Matt have been losing our damn minds. Speak it's for fun. yourself. It's great to have like someone who's, you know, what grounded. Grounded. I'm not grounded. I am very grounded, Cassidy. I'll have you know, but you know those two things are one thing. But what really set me off the edge was. What was this? Now, the, the audio for this one is a little less distorted, although I will hold that the last two things was just Cassidy just, like, very fucked up, but this just pushed me over the edge completely. Do you think the guy that was sleeping with Dr. Glazer is Emilio? Cassidy, I don't know how many times we have to go over this, but it just makes no sense. It just makes completely no sense. Like, I don't... I... It's insane. And then this this next part just makes it even worse. My first thought was, was, was that Emilio? I'm not even going to listen further. I, I've heard enough, frankly. And perhaps this is getting a little too off topic for the specific watch because... All right, you may be wondering, like, what was with, like, the rushing in and, like, the beginning? Like, what was that? Well, outside of my house, I have noted... I have noticed stands with tinted windows and license plates that say Hollywood, California, circling around my block, back and forth on both sides of the street, which doesn't make any sense because I live on a one-way street that is very off the main road. But I realized that these people are looking for me because I was not supposed to find this information in the manuscript and archive division of the New York Public Library. I just was not the Hollywood elites, the New York Public Library. The, there was a reason why this was in an underground cavern. It was not meant to be found, but still meant to be preserved for some unknown future purpose. But I digress. These people found me. They were on my street and I knew what I had to do. Cassidy, last time when we were discussing this, it was late at night because I... I've been in the public library for quite quite some time, but like when I ignore that. But when I was fucking, is there another one? All right, well it doesn't matter. But the point is, the vans are outside. I had to get out of here, and I was already gonna cast it for Ray and Bobby, and I probably shouldn't reveal my location. I'm going to bleep those those names out, but I'm cat sitting for Ray and Bobby, and. I don't know, it was maybe like four in the morning. I left my house. I had to, while, while the vans weren't there, I had to get out of there. I had to, they knew where I was. Once you put this out there, they'll they'll probably find me. But even so, they're probably like on their way as we speak. But And they're going to be after you next because I did send you over like the, the sensitive information that I sent. On top of the somehow ancient future recordings of our podcast some of which has not even been released i there's there's more but i was i was too afraid to even look beyond that you know to see the the state of our podcast without me i'm not saying you do a bad job cassie but it's just we have to stop with this emilio thing Cass. i just I, I can't stand it anymore it's just it's become too much but you may be wondering well Matt, how did how did you get caught? Like, and also, did you even watch the movie this time? It sounds like you were doing a lot of shit, but like, it doesn't sound like you watched the movie. And the stipulation for this podcast specifically is that we need to watch the movie every time. And I, 
I can't believe you're doubting me, Cassidy, but after everything that I've been telling you just now, but I did watch the movie. And, you know, perhaps this was a little reckless of me, but during my entire time in the Manuscripts and Archive Division of the New York Public Library, in the, in the catacombs, in the archives, in the bathroom while I was waiting, I was... I was listening to the movie out loud on, you know, the, the streaming service that will not be named. And I wasn't listening to it super loud, but it was out loud because, you know, my headphones died. You know, what, what was I going to do? I got to listen to it. I got to stay committed to the podcast because I'm a professional. And perhaps that made it a little easier for me to be caught. But, you know, I made it back to my house. Granted, the vans are already there. I sneaked out, you know, I sneaked in rather than I sneaked out again under cover of darkness and I'm here at Random Movies apartment cat sitting, but here I am, you know, so we're going to have to deal with it. We're going to have to deal with it and this may be my last podcast, but you know, I did something important because Cassidy, like you need to, if I, if I don't come back, you need to put out the records, you know, you need to put them out there. People need to know the connections that we've been the connections that we've been tracing from the beginning, like, they're very important. So, we've got that out of the way. I'm in hiding. I'm hiding under Anamobi's bed right now. Uh, yeah, shit's just, shit's just kind of crazy right now, but they may catch me, is the point. I don't, I don't know. But this is obviously a lot more of a hot button topic than I thought. The Hollywood elites, like, the vans are there. Like, we, this isn't just a silly movie. You know, people just think this is just a silly movie. I'm not talking about American Psycho. I'm talking about Vampire's Kiss, you know. They think it's a silly movie, but this, I mean, who knows what other famous movies, critically acclaimed movies, are based off of Vampire's Kiss. Like, we don't know. This could just be, there could be another, I, you know. I might have to go back to the New York Public Library. I, I know it's risky, you know, and like I might not even like make it out of this apartment today to even get there, but there might be more. We have to we have to keep looking. Anyway, this was very unrelated to well, I mean it wasn't unrelated to Vampire's Kiss, but let me talk about my watch that I was watching as I was searching the New York Public Library and playing it out loud on my phone because my headphones died. You know, I noticed at the beginning in a way that I didn't really notice before that as they were leaving the club, the club had some the club had some very curious bisexual lighting. Now, what what does that mean? You know, as if you don't already know, listening to this podcast, but you know, bisexual lighting, obviously the bisexual flag. You know, the blue, the magenta, the purple. You know. All of that together, that was the lighting scheme of the club that uh, Jackie and Peter left in the beginning. And honestly, it only further solidifies the idea for me that the clubs have been like a queer safe haven for Peter. You know, like him him growing up as like a young, gothy, closeted uh, club kid. You know, those clubs provided like a sense of, of, of liberation, you know as symbolized by the lights. And as he exits out again into society, he has to further put on that mask, like even 
put on the mask of faking being a vampire to hide from his problems, of his repression, from his own identity. That's what I took from it. Uh, after that, it was a pretty standard watch, you know. Uh... Honestly, I don't think that he was a vampire this watch. I, I know that's a little contentious to say, but besides the bisexual lighting, like the thing that I noticed the most about Peter this watch is just Peter is just somehow a master gaslighter. Like he just he just like pulls the strings on like everyone around him. He really just like Uno reverse cards them like at every turn. And it's just you wonder how how the fuck do they even do this? But he man you would I would I mean it's understandable that you would think that he was a vampire, but I just don't think so. I just think he's a gaslighter. I think he's you know, a closeted bisexual. I think he's the throat goat because like those blanks didn't do shit to him and it's like clearly he has to have some experience, you know. And no, that's just not me wanting what I want from him. You know, it's not me projecting cuz like I definitely could not take a blank in the throat, you know. Regardless of any experience that I may or may not have. But I think that's what makes this movie dangerous, you know, like the ideas that it's putting out, like, and I, I mean, it's very fun, but you know, this movie can't fall into the wrong hands. Like I kind of understand why there's a secret catacomb in the manuscripts archives division of the New York public library in a mile long stairway that can be found behind the Patrick Peter busk in the catacombs of the New York public library. There is a reason why they are there. There's a lot of dangerous ideas about vampirism about gaslighting about the repression of queer identity you know about shooting yourself in the mouth with blanks you know all these things are just like on their own very radical ideas but when you put them together in this strange casing of a man that is peter lowell you know it just makes you think but it also makes you realize that like Art goes a lot deeper. There's a lot of connections that you don't immediately notice, but then you see them within movies like Vampire's Kiss to American Psycho. You see that there's more to be found. There's more to be found on the internet, on the dark web, on archived, now deleted YouTube videos in the New York Public Library. No matter how much Brett Easton will not answer my fucking emails. But you know what? Your days are numbered, Brett Easton because, like, I'm coming for you. I'm, like, putting all your dirty laundry out there because it's... You're not as original as people think you are, if I'm being frank. Like, I know that you stole all your ideas from, like, the 80s horror comedies with Nicolas Cage. I just... The truth is out there, you know? Even if... Even if I don't make it out of this today, if, if this is my last recording, I feel that, like, our artistic statement and putting out the truth there, like, our journalistic integrity, that has just been made clear, you know? So, have what you will. And you better put this out, Cassidy. Also, I did watch it on... Come! You know, eh. I kind of like the ads on... Come! To be honest. Uh, it was just, like, detergent stuff and really normal shit. But, like, after being on YouTube for so long, like, it's so much targeted marketing. It's like, I, I don't know, like, 
what age group these people think I am, like what kind of shit they think I'm into. But they think I'm an old, like according to like the marketed advertisements on my YouTube, they think I am an old man with an opioid addiction who really needs to watch some Turning Point USA. And I think that's really despicable. And I think it's great that there are places that should sponsor us like come who are just like they're just rocking like the free stuff but they're giving you just like normal ass ads they're giving you detergent they're giving you reese's who should sponsor us because oh man i was really i was really enjoying those those reese's ads this watch but it's not about that it's about vampire's kiss so my favorite scene it was a little hard to tell it was kind of in the background this time uh Honestly, just like as a moment, you know, just the bisexual lighting, like you just love to see it in anything and you love to see it in stuff in the 80s. You love to see that, you know, our stories are being told even in such a roundabout ways through the through the vehicle of Peter Lowell, you know, and like you do need to watch it at least 16 times for I think for you to realize what this all means, you know, in my professional opinion, but. That's why me and Cassie are giving you this research so that you you. So you could open your mind, sheeple, you know, so you can get woke on this fucking movie because there's a lot of deep stuff going on that you won't get from only watching American Psycho. I'm not saying that you shouldn't watch American Psycho, but, you know, if you watch the anime, you should also read the manga is all I'm saying. That's just, that's my point about it. But so my favorite scene was, I guess my favorite character was the bisexual lighting, uh, I mean, the alphabet scene, you know, honestly, all the scenes with Dr. Glazer are great. You know, I think I think before the alphabet scene is like really where she realizes that Peter's like super crazy. And but before that, when she's discussing stuff and he's gaslighting her and he's just like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, oh, there's it's there was no bad. I was I was, you know, I was just horny. Like I had a little to drink. Plus, I was horny. You know, that get so much toxic masculinity just like embrace your freak flag peter you know just just be free but bless dr glazer's heart because she's really trying like she's like trying to get to the bottom of this like she she has like a tough cookie to crack i don't know if that's a saying but she's got a really tough cookie to crack in peter and like she's really she's doing her best all right i'm running out of time uh both on this earth and for this podcast but so the lighting was my favorite scene uh the 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 therapy scenes were my favorite scene. Uh, me breaking into the New York Public Library at night and escaping to Catsit was also my favorite scene. Um, I didn't notice too much. I mean, it wasn't like the focus of my watch this time, I'll be perfectly honest, but uh, I don't know, man. Things are very uncertain right now. But, you know, it really goes to show you that like, if you if you know what you want to look for, if you're committed to it and you don't care about who's after you whether it's hollywood whether it's i don't know maybe the security guards at the new york public library checking the bathroom late at night saying we can hear you on your phone come out here you know but you don't have to listen to them you just don't have to because if you if you're looking for your information and it's properly filed in the appropriate file if a literary institution puts records in the appropriate file, you will find it. You will find it be behind that bust. You will find it down that mile-long corridor stairwell. Oof. It was, it was damp and cold down there. It was, it was a dark place. But, you know, 
we got what we wanted. And the specific document, you know, of what Christian Bale got specifically from Betty Snell's, I'm not going to tell you the specifics because I want that to be for a future episode of Vampire's Kiss. Whether or not I'll be able to be a part of it, I just, I need that to be a part of it. So I really need to go now. But before, fuck recommendations. Uh... Damn, this is really hard. I'm under so much pressure. I'm just underneath the movie's bed. Just remember to censor that, please. Uh, God. I don't know, man. I guess I guess my, my recommendation is just to stay safe, to stay vigilant, to Maybe not do exactly what I do, but check out the New York Public Library. You know, check out The Secret. You'll find it if you know where you're looking. Just look for a small marble, but that's my recommendation. Like, no shit. Like, normally we do movies or shows or music. And uh, I was listening to the Pilfers uh, self-titled from the late 90s. They're a great uh, uh, reggae hardcore band from New York. it's like ska punk but it's this different kind of it's not like other other ska punk bands it's not like other girls it's like very distinct the the singer himself is jamaican so it's like you know it's different man all right but yeah i listen to yakuza i listen to uh although this is not my recommendation my recommendation is to break into the manuscripts and archive division of the new york public library but listen to yakuza off of the pilfer self-titled listen to uh, Dr. Kevorkian, listen to Kleiman, you know, if if the music industry was properly set up, that would have been like an alt-radio station hit, you know, for sure. Kleiman by Pilfers, you know, look that up. But, shit, I think that's all I got for now. Um, stay safe. Uh, look out for those vans, you know, like, if you see them, hide. Just hide, you know. I don't know if this bed is going to be enough to stop them, but What was that? Okay, shit, I really have to go. All right. All right, goodbye, goodbye. Fuck.